Welcome to Runners Radio. I am your host, Rick Mirabella. And joining me today for a coach's corner and a little bit of a deep dive type interview as well is the founder and director of Virtus Performance, based in Mornington, out here in Bayside, Melbourne. He's also the host of the Virtus Performance podcast, which is an outstanding listen. He's one of the great strength and conditioning coaches in our city of Melbourne. I feel we have a lot in common in the way we go about things, coaching and life in general. He's got a really deep view and I love the way he just goes about life. Listeners, I welcome Lockie Wallace. Mate, what a pump up. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I could have gone all day, honestly. From an individual point of view, I could have gone all day on what this fella's done, but we we can go there later or um, in further interviews later down the track with him. But he's an outstanding coach. Um, He's got a lot to give and he's got a very loyal group of followers not only in his headquarters but online as well and i think if you if you haven't already you're going to read his blogs over the next few days because he's he's an outstanding man we do we'll talk about the blogs and your philosophy and all that stuff a bit down the track brother but just take me back to i guess a teenage Lockie and how you came up with the concept of virtus performance in the first place it's a, it's a it's a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. Um, I guess I, one of those kids that just loves sport, started little ass when I was nine, nine or ten. Started footy when I was seven. I was kicked a couple of years earlier and just just loved it. Just uh, just your classic Aussie kid kicking the footy in the street and um, playing every sport imaginable. Not being very good at anything with a with a stick or with a with a small ball, but footy and kind of athletics were kind of my loves when I was a kid. Um, grew up playing. I started playing footy at Seaford Tigers for a, for a few years, and that kind of showed me how much I loved just competing. Mm. Um, and then that kind of kind of ballooned into athletics, uh, being in an individual sport. It was a little bit different to what I was used to with footy, uh, but that kind of grew and grew. And I played footy all throughout my adolescent years, and. Did athletics until footy got a little bit too <laughs> too busy and couldn't really train for both. Um, went through the went through the ranks of playing uh, you know, senior footy and then into the stingrays and found myself at, at Collingwood VFL for uh, six years while I was studying exercise sports science at university. Um, and I guess prior to that, I'd I'd done my cert three and four in fitness and started started coaching uh, at. I started at Jets, just a 24-hour gym uh, under Andy Kiley, uh, one of our one of our good friends. He uh, he gave me my start, so I'm forever grateful for him. Shout out to Big Cars. What a man. Um, and yeah, I guess spending Virtus probably originated from me wanting to run my own thing. Um, being at Jets and seeing how a commercial gym was run, it wasn't really what I was passionate about and what I loved doing. Um, Dad was been one of the big influences in my life and he ran, run his, how I still runs his own business and that kind of show, showed me that I was probably never never made to work for anyone else uh, I guess it's one of the the best and hardest things that you ever do is kind of start your own start your own business but early on uh, with my parents support I just started a little PT thingy out of our shed uh, in Pearsdale so I started in like a little three by three corner corner of the shed and Every couple of months, I'd be like, "Hey, Dad, can I just have like another meter that way, another meter that way?" And you know, five a couple of years later, I had the f- most of the shed, and <laughs> we had a, a little sled track and a couple of squat racks and and all that kind of stuff. But I guess that kind of ballooned into what eventually became Virtus because I saw from a, a sub elite and elite 
point of view while I was studying uni and while I was playing footy at the Pies, how different the elite environment is to like gen pop and what people expect of a normal gym. Um, most people, their, I guess, experiences of gyms would probably wouldn't be on the positive side. Uh, and that's something that we're doing our best and you guys are doing really well to change. They go in, they you know, sign up for a membership, they're maybe giving, given a three sets of 10, here's six exercises, go do that program. And then people are kind of left to their own devices. And you know, a lucky few will still be going at it six, 12 months down the track. Um, but very few people kind of actively enjoy and look forward to that um, unless they start doing their own, their own kind of deep dive into, into research and exploring the different types of training. So I saw the, the elite environment and I guess you've got, you know, uh, exercise science uh, level at least, uh, exercise physiology level, um, masters strength and conditioning, running those programs, talking to you know physios and and doctors and and kind of creating that holistic environment i guess it's a bastardized bastardized word now that holistic uh view but that was truly what we set out to mm. to create um there's nothing worse than you know being a pt early on and your client's a little bit sore so you send them off to a physio and their physio tells them to okay just rest for two weeks or you know you'd never actually speak to the physio because they you know they're running in 15 minute slots and they don't have time to send you a message so Virtus stemmed from uh, that gap in the market of the elite environment, um, the elite coaching and uh, rehab and help to bring that back to Genpot. And you can see, so obviously if you've you followed us for a long time, the, the similarities are, are quite obvious. So the, definitely the gap between sub-elite and general pop and the, the elite program. So what Lockie mentioned there, They've got their own physios on site. We yeah. obviously work a lot with, we've had them on before, Kingy and Lemo and a couple others. And everyone is in the same space. Everyone's on the same page and there's emails going three times weekly Definitely. about everybody. And and that's, it just keeps it simple. And it's actually not that hard when we get it in a routine. So Locke's done that really well. And certainly making these people part of a family, which is so important because they are, yeah. they become your family as well, which is such a beautiful thing. So those members you started out with now when did virtus open its doors uh so virtus in the current capacity is now 2015 october 2015 yeah fantastic and so it's a very for the listeners that haven't seen it online it's a it's an snc type space um yep. so the focus is on athletic development as a rule am yeah. i right and this yeah. is so this is so Lockie will i guess on this show be a bit of a a bit of a strength coach but also we'll get on to his coaching philosophies and on life in a minute but so really bridging that gap between so if which is there's a few people in Melbourne that do it really well and I'm passionate obviously I know Lockie now for going on a decade but on bringing those people to the forefront and Lockie does it very well himself like he's very well known but we need to continue to lift these people up and it's it's obviously quite easy in any industry to um to attack the negatives <laughs> but instead of doing that we we need to bring people like Lockie up who has bridged a really big gap um and like we feel we do as well, Lockie's done exactly the same thing 40 or 50 kilometres down the road. And we do share a fair few athletes, mate, which we, which we love as well. So it's like the other coaches on the Coach's Corner, we share many athletes, which we uh, we love. We love sharing those athletes and, and seeing them come and go. And I love seeing the guys come in here in the Virtus gear as well. So so we'll get on to that now. You, you've got the 
sports science degree. We know that you're a coach. Or you're a coach force first and foremost, in yep. my in my opinion. Um, your coaching philosophies in general, you can you can generalize this. Mm. You can make it as as wide range as you like. Your coaching philosophies for like just to sum, summarize it in in three minutes. Your, your basic oh, coaching yeah. philosophy is that going to be doable? I'll, I'll give you five. <laughs> potentially, potentially. I'll give um, you five. All right, I kind of look at coaching uh person first so i think it's really important to understand that you're going to be an athlete and you know i, I learned this pretty quickly that you're going to be an athlete for a lot less time than you're going to be a, a person a functioning human being um and being an athlete is such a small part of the week regardless of what level you're kind of at so my coaching philosophy is kind of twofold from a physiological development standpoint it's okay i want to create a robust, resilient, strong uh, athlete with high capacity to deal with all the shit that life, th life and sport throws at them. So, you know, again, another word that gets used, thrown out there is functional, but it's, it's the, uh, like our definition of function is one's ability to adapt to an internal or external stimulus. So, you know, whether it's getting crunched by someone 20 kilos heavier and playing a game of footy or, or whether it's, you know, running after the kids, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, we use that term athlete to, uh, talk about everyone so from a physiological standpoint it's that but then from a from a psychological uh, community standpoint it's people need to belong and need to be a part of something so what we're trying to create at Virtus is a community and of people who can connect and, and support each other through whatever they're going through you know we've got some guys that are competing at national and international levels and we've got some guys that are you know just need to get their kids out of bed in the morning and I think it's really important to look at fitness and training and you know s strength and conditioning and whatever you like you want to call it as uh, an excuse for a bigger conversation i think if we use it as a metaphor for life you know it's stress adaptation if you give your body a stress and give it some time to rest and recover it'll adapt and it'll become back a, a stronger more resilient organism and it, the same thing happens for you know mental health and, and psychology and and the social well-being and, and everything of people. So I guess coaching philosophy is, you know, person first, athlete second, um, with a heavy em emphasis on strength and resilience, both sides of the coin. That's that's exceptional. And you would have heard that over and over and over from myself over the years. And it's just so true because every person, every person has a purpose. And I think what we get mixed up in is um, in fitness sometimes is, is getting too out of control with just going in and flogging ourselves. And we talk, <laughs> we talk about yeah. high stress with good rest, obviously equals like success. And, and we need that. We need the high stress, what you said, the physiological systems and obviously to build that robust athlete. But like you said, functional means different for every person. And, and I, I honestly believe once we, it becomes hardwired um, and like, like your um, athletes down there, like once it becomes hardwired, they don't ever miss. So that there might be three or four major things in that calendar year, whether they are international level mm. or or purely just training day to day. But the the psychological effects, the neurotransmitters daily. So you get the byproduct daily, literally daily, and the productivity of their day daily. So all these things are fantastic byproducts, and then you get the aesthetics that unfortunately a lot of the industry might try to sell. Um, like all the the phys the physical byproducts, of course, that that 
obviously are really important because you want to feel and look good. But number one reason is just to feel good about the day and attack the day in the best way possible. So I love that you mentioned all that about the international athlete to the to the working mum or yeah. to the like you would have in your center like we've got there's literally 70 year old athletes lifting next to a professional athlete and that, that's exactly what you want yeah. because that and no one feels out of place and i think if you would have heard the deep dive with lisa wilson last um episode listeners our original member she makes sure that she's in here at 5am every day and she's got 30 people around her that are incredibly different individuals but everyone's got a place to connect number one and that's that connection is the key so it's that human connection is number one definitely the movements um is probably number two the ability to move in many variant ways so Lockie's stuff's very great he's great with the strength and mobility stuff clearly the conditioning stuff as well but they they just they teach the body challenge the body but also challenges from a neuromuscular level. So all of a sudden, we're in our 50s and 60s, Lockie and his coaches are stressing all different systems. We rest well, we recover, we regenerate, we get better. Unfortunately, it's not rocket science, but <laughs> Lock, we want it. The good coach can simplify it, and that's mm. why I think um, what Lockie's done so well is he simplifies it. They can All his athletes connect really well, which is evident to the eye. Um, they love it because they never leave for one but also they're becoming better human beings every single day yeah. and we hope that's their only goal and as coaches all we want to do is improve the human organism but also from a psychological above the shoulders factor as well tell me about some of the like the, the athletes not the athletes sorry the coaches you've got a few different coaches you don't have to name them but a few different coaches and their specialities you've got physios so you've got the whole performance gamut mm. in your under one roof so quickly yeah. touch on that for us yeah, I guess the uh, I understood pretty pretty early on that I wasn't all that intelligent, so I uh, did my best to <laughs> to create a create a team, uh, and I like hanging out with people, right? Like it's I'm a connection is kind of one of my biggest values, so being able to create an environment where one people want to be and two people want to keep coming back to was a big part of it, and uh, I've only got a certain amount of jokes and a certain amount of value to add, so creating a, a big team. Um, is something that I've kind of set out to do pretty early on and realizing that we all have our role to play and we all have our value to add. And it's it's not that, uh, I guess, far-fetched to be able to go, okay, well, if I can't do this, then I need to find someone that can. Um, or if this isn't my passion or my area of expertise, then I need to find someone to fill that hole. So, so my kind of, I guess, area of expertise slash passion early on was just like high performance. Um, and then finding coaches that you know might be junior athlete development, or it might be you know, anatomy and physiology, or it might be you know physiotherapy, um, rehabilitation, it might be exercise physiology, just getting people off the couch. Like we've kind of been able to develop a team um, of a range of performance coaches, all with everyone with their own, I guess, specialty. Um, and I don't like using that word, but. Um, well, it's, it's their passion. They're, they're, yeah, they're, passion, they're obviously yeah. quite highly qualified in that. They, they in that have nature. a purpose. Yeah, they've got a purpose. And, yeah. and let's be honest, if we we don't want to be a jack of all trades, like 100%. It's, you, you are the director and you manage that you are the head coach, but it's not the same as me in here. I don't want to be doing everything because mm. I know that <laughs> yeah. I'll be doing nothing well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, I reckon it's a fantastic idea. And it's the first thing I actually noticed when I, when I, um, I saw the new building. Oh, it's, a, it's a fantastic 
it's a fantastic if you can get it up and going it's a bloody great idea mm, yeah. so and you got physio as well so talk yeah about so so we kind of hit the the performance coach aspect that kind of started growing and then we we're like okay well like i spoke about before rather than sending someone out and maybe not hearing back for two weeks you know we got a physio on board uh, greg day who is a wizard he's just it's outrageous mm. um i think he's in china teaching this weekend as you do but um so we've got so we've got greg a physio we've, we've got a myotherapist we've got a dietitian uh we we have yoga um we and we have a mentorship program as well so i guess it's trying to cover off we use like a little continuum it's just health function performance and and the health side of things is you know, making sure people can do what they need to do every day and functions making sure that they can adapt and then performance is okay make sure we can perform at our highest level no matter what it is like um, I think it's no accident that high-performing athletes tend to become high-performing uh, individuals once they fi- like once they retire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tend to find a lot of high-level athletes, you know, transcend into business pretty quickly or transcend into into another industry and make a real difference. So, if we can kind of tick those boxes and we can have someone in each area of that in the one facility, it means that the conversation can be had straight away. Uh, it means the the intervention that we need to give to a, a client or, a, or one of our athletes one of the Virtus family members can be done straight away it, it, it kind of just gets rid of the lag time and, and allows us to give our best possible service straight away I guess eventually we want to add things like a I'd love a sports doc I'd love a mm-hmm. I'd love a sports psych you know all these other areas that we're kind of little gaps that we've still mm-hmm. got eventually I'd like to fill those but you're right and that's we, if you don't have to think about that as an athlete because mm. life's hard enough <laughs> we try to take the thinking away from from all our athletes but if we can set that up so and you've done it brilliantly there is no gap yeah like they can because if we send them off with a referral it's there's, there's three or four days lag possibly and yep. then not the communication possibly won't be there either so there's many there's many things that can get in the way of that so I love that, and Greg, Greg is a very smart man, which helps. Blows the, my mind. <laughs> the, all those things are fantastic, and and like you said, the different coaches bring their different their different tasks. Tell me about where this is probably what's made you a bit more of a like a different coach, and also a bit more of a presence if you're not around Bayside. Tell me about the blog and how it started, because it isn't yeah. always um, it isn't always physiology or sports science based but actually in fact it's possibly very rarely <laughs> yeah uh it may be one out of ten yeah is that right about yeah it's, it's probably it started out as um i wanted to improve my writing like as simple as that so um we as i i guess i've grown from the just being a head, the head coach or just coaching on the floor you know all week to managing staff and that within itself brings uh problems and challenges and and you realize how much you need to learn about uh, humans and beha- and how we behave and and how we adapt and how we work together and communication and all that kind of stuff and all of those conversations that I was having kind of led to me f- seeing gaps in myself and seeing that I needed to upskill a lot of different areas of my life uh, to be able to like lead the team and to be able to take us to the places where we wanted to go um, so we we've been pretty heavy on creating content since the start like we want to show people what we're doing um and that was just kind of like facebook and 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 instagram and and then the the website kind of got up and running and we started going okay well we need to start sharing what we're doing a little bit more and initially it started out okay we we need to share the sets and reps and the and the physio like the i guess sports science side of things but 
there's so much good quality content out there that we kind of thought we'd just be adding to something that's already already there. So so the intention started out, I started doing a weekly email a little over a year ago, which was basically just, I figured if I, and with the conversations we have with our clients every day, it's the things that I'm struggling with or that they're struggling with, most of the population is struggling with the same stuff. Um, so I kind of started writing a weekly a weekly email to our to our email list and our Virtus family and had some some really positive responses from it. Um, people kind of saying, hey, I've been looking forward to this all week and just getting like simple emails back saying, thanks, this is exactly what I needed to hear. So I kind of stuck at it and we're, you know, I think we're 60 or 70 of those deep. And then about a month and a half ago, <clears throat> um, I, uh, I've... I have a little bit of ego, right? So like, like we all do. And that little bit of ego has been telling me that I should write a book for a little while. So I figured if I practiced every day, uh, eventually I would have the, <laughs> have the capacity to put, put together a book. So we started a Virtus Daily blog, uh, which, is, which is just one of our coaches, um, me, me included, putting our thoughts out there every day. So I think we're 43 deep or something like that. And I've written about 30, 35 of them and it's, it's just fun and it's pressure like it's positive pressure on yourself like it you know i get to 9 a.m and i went oh shit i don't have anything up for today <laughs> then it's like okay i'd better better sit down and, and get to work okay what's the one problem that i'm that i've just solved with a client or what's the one thing that i'm struggling with and i talk about that and those the only intention really of it is to improve i guess selfishly my writing um but then an extension of that is if someone else resonates with the problems that we're seeing, they can use that to hopefully, you know, take a little bit of ownership and, and make a difference in their lives. And yeah, it's probably a mix of that and the Virtus podcast. It's all of these things and these conversations we had, you, you realize how universal a lot of these problems are. It certainly is. And, and we have conversations like this every day with people and it's just such a great idea to obviously very confidentially write about that yeah and it's 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 so true like if you can if you can resonate with one person you've you've just done a, a bloody good deed for the day chances are as it continues to grow you're resonating with hundreds thousands mm. so it's just helping people is the greatest thing on earth so for anyone out there there's seven billion people in the world like there's <laughs> going to be they're going to be seven billion people struggling in some way shape or form so if they're going to read a blog read a daily blog listen to a podcast and even if they take that's why with you on the coach's corner it was a little bit different it wasn't always it wasn't going to be purely um physiology and and endurance training i wanted it to be a bit of a different different look today and i knew you probably got we've probably got another couple of 30 minutes in us i reckon over the next 12 months with this because people will listen to this and say yep that's exactly right and they'll st hopefully start reading your stuff and all of a sudden it just helps improve their day yeah, in a little bit, shape or form. And if they can take one mechanism to say, okay, I'm going to use this tool and when, because it's going to happen again, there's going to be, it, this stuff evolves and something else might be the issue, but we can use what we learned uh, in a blog or a podcast. And yeah. it is so, it's selfishly, it makes us feel better, but we've <laughs> got a th we've got a thing when people give out the towels um, on the treadmills. So there's, there's, 
25, 30 people in a session and the one I don't get them. The One of the runners will get off when it's all finished and get, get the towels and the spray. And they've got to have two and a half seconds with every individual, make them feel good for their the rest of their day. But they're not allowed to say the same thing twice. So and they're just cool. they're just me- like other that. athletes, yeah. other members who are probably about to go to the city or on the tools and have and a day at yeah. work that they might not like entirely love. But ho- hopefully, the fact you've just done a forty five to fifty minute session and you've just helped twenty five people feel good about themselves yeah. for two seconds, hopefully will help them in some small part. Mm. And oh, we know it does. We, the science yeah. says it does well, and it. everything says it does. I think these conversations help you realise how in control you actually are. Mm. I think we, like we're in a time now where good information is you know, a swipe and a click of a couple of buttons away and no one has any shortage of information, but a lot of people are unfulfilled or unhappy or like missing that little part. And conversations like this, blogs, things like that, it, it starts to open up people's, I guess, minds and and it allows you to take ownership to what you can actually do and what you can actually achieve. And if you listen to to an athlete, that, you know, and you guys, you've had plenty of them on that have overcome great difficulty, you start to go, okay, well, maybe I can do that. Or you know, if you listen to someone that's, you know, taken the initiative and, and started a podcast, you're like, well, maybe I can start one. Like, and it, you start to realise how much difference you can make in your life and how you with how you spend your day just by taking a little bit of action. And, and five minutes out of someone like five minutes out of a Lockie Wallace can change your whole life. And that's it sounds ridiculous and <laughs> really super powerful, but it actually is. Because what Lockie said about his dad being a business owner and he was never gonna he, he was never gonna probably follow suit in a commercial gym field. He just he knew and it was a very similar story to myself and other operators that when and who have come from business uh, company families or small business families it's you, you want to make your own destiny that's not saying yeah. if you love your job you have to get out of it to start your own business but yeah. if you are going through the daily grind and just not happy with where you are if there's nothing you can change we can change it now if nothing's going to change in this short-term future as far as your employment situation then let's be looking at doing some short courses let's be looking at starting some online stuff for yourself because like Lockie said about the the click and the swipe, like that's that's how easy it is to start a new business these days. Seriously. So it really is where we live in the luckiest time on earth. But like we really do. People um, that are stuck in nine to fivers that they hate, they travel 90 minutes um, there and back on the train. Their physical and mental health is at an all-time low. If you're listening to this right now, you can change that. Now, the first thing we would suggest is to start moving yeah. would be number one. And that extra 20 minutes of sleep to do 20 minutes of movement, would you'll never, ever regret that from many different factors. But let's look at setting up the rest of your life. And this is what Summer Lockie's blogs are about. Um, I caught up on a few earlier in the day, but just, just taking something out of this little 30-minute pod and going, well, I can change this and this. If we're talking to you and you're entirely happy and life's amazing, then share you, it with someone. You listen to us and yeah. you go exactly right. You share it with thirty people. Yeah. Don't share it with one. You share it with thirty people, and that's hence why we do this after the runners' sessions, like because these people have just had possibly their best 45, 50 minutes of the day. Yeah. So clearly they're going to be feeling good, and if they're not big talkers, I want them to just share two seconds with someone. Um, but most people come in here and divert us and become. Um, if they're if they're a little bit um, reserved and standoffish at the beginning, then three months later that's not the case, and I guarantee it's the same at Virtus. Definitely. And any other facility that's worth its its salt is the same. Um, 
with Lockie as well, look, he, he's very, very good at his at his riding and he's, a, he's an exceptional rider, but also his strength and mobility and just general athletic performance. Um, he's very, very knowledgeable. We want to just touch on, mate, your if, if the listeners here, we will get you back on over the next quarter as well. Very similar segment, but we'll, we'll put a bit of a niche on that. Yeah. Um, I love the, the strength and psychology aspect of you, but let's go endurance athlete. And they're listening to me. They've heard me bang on for years <laughs> on the videos. This pod's only six months old or so, but they hear me on the videos about strength and why we're doing this and that. If you can succinct it in three minutes or so, why am I a marathoner, but I don't want to lift? And it's going to be better coming out of your lips than mine because they're probably sick yeah. of my voice. Why do I need to lift and do mobility if I want to run a PB marathon in nine months' time? Well, if you're a marathon runner and you don't want to strength train, you're probably a sucker for punishment anyway. So just keep doing what you're doing. But <laughs> I think that if you're if you if you're so I look at it this way, right? Like if if you move well and can move often, so and moving well means that you have the adequate mobility and motor control to do whatever you need to do. And if you are a stronger athlete, stronger being able to produce, absorb, uh, and reuse more force. If you're able to do that, then every step you take in a marathon, and how many steps in a marathon? Well, if you're going to average a 1,000 a step, look, hopefully 180 steps a minute. <laughs> so times that by three hours, four hours, yeah, yeah. there you go. It's a lot yeah. of steps. It's a lot of steps. So if every step you do, if you're a stronger athlete, every step you do becomes a little bit more efficient you, and you utilize a little bit less energy. You, you can use a little bit more energy from each step. Like we watch we watch the best marathon runners in the world and you're like, that guy is like just cruising, right? And you look, you know, old mate, uh, me playing footy, just being a tractor, just plodding along, I'm wasting a whole heap of energy. So if you're stronger, that means you'll be able to create more tension, you'll be able to create, produce and absorb more force, then every step becomes a little bit more efficient. Every step becomes easier, you use less energy and you know, your, I guess the yield for, for the speed that you can run or the uh, lack of it or the energy that you can save is, is huge. And why wouldn't you want to make it easier for yourself? No, and we like we share lots of athletes endurance based as well and team sport. But exactly like we speak, we bang on about running economy and our big variant our big components of performance we talk about so often VO two max, lactate threshold, running economy I've always said number one, and then lactate threshold two. Both those two come back to the the yeah. amount of force you can produce and the amount of energy you can save per hour. So um, Lockie's underrating himself. He's a very strong <laughs> athlete and efficient runner as well. But he was trying to say about a general pop marathoner who doesn't do any kind yeah. of performance stuff. But with that, the the strength stuff, I feel like people really they put this um, they put this big chore around it, or it's a chore. Look, I'm not even going to talk about the bulkiness because that just I'm not <laughs> even going to go down that yeah, that, thing. that myth. <laughs> but if they if they're still thinking that, we need to really get some papers out yeah. there. But I feel like it's too hard. It's putting the too hard basket, or they can't get there. If if you um if you go to a strength coach once a week, or call in, you'll go there once. You'll go more, but even thirty minutes once a week just to go and get your structure, and you can do another two times fifteen minutes post session. Anything is better than nothing. Yeah, and it's just about optim optimizing your time, optimizing your training time. So you know your strength session isn't coming in, you know, piss farting around on the on the machines and lifting for two hours, right? Yeah. It's coming in and figuring out where you're at. And I think that's the most important part is most people, a lot of amateur athletes who run a lot won't necessarily 
find a coach or find I've got a running coach I don't need a strength coach but if you can find a strength coach that can adequately assess where you're at so we use the functional movement screen and the functional capacity screen uh, as a patterns test and then a capacity test and we can go okay well here's your gaps you know you may not be great at absorbing and reusing force so we can work on that or maybe your force production is lower than it should be we we can work on force production and it's figuring out what areas you actually have to improve because there's a lot of aspects of improving capacity um, that are just missed and it's, it's just it's low-hanging like in my uh, opinion it's low-hanging fruit it's stuff that you can not necessarily need to spend hours and hours a day on it's something that if like for example if mobility is an issue then we can improve mobility just with a couple of you know five ten minute blocks a day a day um, and that's that's what we really yeah. want to preach but, but if but it, it, you need to measure it like you need to be able to measure an improvement in performance um and i think that's what all the good coaches do is you can see that you see the changes um and it's objective data that we can go okay you improved your force generational capacity by 10 percent, or your postural integrity is now significantly better like it's being able to measure that that's gold and we've how many times we said on this show if you're not measuring you're guessing you got the king Stephen kings of the world who does yeah. a lot of that for us now but the force plate stuff's great the fms stuff's great all that stuff basic single leg sit to stand as long as the control's there Look at very good athletes in here that might only run with us two or three times a week, but they've become incredible athletes. And then we start, they don't think they need the strength stuff and then they get to ridiculously good times and then they start to break. And then we we finally get them in for some strength testing. We finally get them in an S&C and they literally cannot do one or two single leg squats. Mm. Most of these people, if they're like me and you and our listeners, will say, okay, that's fantastic. I've got some some objective data there, then we'll get them off to some more comprehensive data from the experts and they'll be back in and S&C five, six, seven months out of the injury room, performance increase, injury decrease, which we're not, we're not simplifying it because it is, it is an art, but you've just, yeah. it's, it's like Lockie said, why would you want to waste three hours a week doing something that you don't have to be doing if you can be doing 90 minutes a week, really targeting what you need? That's why coaches like us love this subjective data and, you can, if you're not local to Melbourne, find somebody because there's got to be experts out there to do it. Yeah. Don't go and do a thousand contacts of plyometrics <laughs> for the sake of doing a thousand contacts yeah. because peace because you're sweating or breathless doesn't mean you're going to be a better athlete. Yeah. I think as, as long as you can, you can objectively say, this is why I'm doing this exercise. This is why my sets and reps are here. This is why I'm lifting this amount of load. This is why I have this amount of volume. If you can, t- if you can answer those questions or your coach can answer those questions, and, and you can actually see w- which areas of capacity you're trying to improve, then you know you, you're f- you're free to to spend a couple of hours a week strength training and then on top of your running. So true. And I- even if you're running 15 hours a week, you can find two. If you're running 15 hours a week, you're at a very good level. But if you're running seven hours a week, you can definitely find two. <laughs> and I'm with with the why. Like my guys, definitely half the time they wouldn't listen to me. But I'm we're always talking about the why. Yeah. And even if there's 20. Athletes lifting the 930 class. Hello to the 930 class. There's no way they listen to half the shit I say. But <laughs> we had 24. We had 24 working mums in there today. That was uh, there wasn't much listening going on. But the why is so important, even if it eventually sinks in, because it just makes everything else so much comprehensible. So we know we know exactly why we're doing it. And if someone's doing that, that there's a reason they're doing that. Yeah, and I like to think that everything we do should have a purpose. And and even if the purpose is just to you know chill out and close your eyes for 20 minutes in a meditation session, Absolutely. like 
if if the if you're spending 15 hours training a week, right, and you're wasting five of them, then why don't you spend 10 hours doing that? You know, what's there's a I think it's an Abraham Lincoln quote. If you give me give me four hours to to cut down a tree, I'll I'll spend three and a half hours sharpening the axe. And I think that's the most important thing when it comes to training is there's not one perfect way for each individual but if you can figure out what areas you're lacking in then we can we can knock those over and and you become a better athlete almost overnight there's quote one now we'll <laughs> get him on a few more times this year but that is quote one he will go he has got some of the best quotes from and like when we caught up on Lockie's podcast about a year ago a year a bit ago most of my quotes are from old physiologists and old distance coaches Lockie's got some of the more obscure <laughs> quotes around and they're fantastic like Abe Lincoln's fantastic hey part it I like weird shit yeah I love it I love it and that's why it's good so I, that's why you'll see as well it's not just the coaching and the physiology it's other stuff um, that's I'm really big on that and that's why I think we both got into coaching as a rule because I love looking at one individual there's so many ways to skin a cat and Lockie's going to sit next to a footballer of exactly the same stature and they're going to be trained in very different ways. And that's why we love it. So it could be another midfielder, another very good footballer, very strong. They could both squat 150 kilos. They could both run the 462, but we're going to train them differently. And that's why we measure stuff, for one. And that's and that's why the coaches are over decades and decades. You can tell that anyway. There was something else I was going to touch on with you. And I just, it's just, well, no, it has, here it is. I want to tell, talk about your, the ability, the journal, not the journalist, sorry, the author idea. And just give me two or three books touching on, and this is a question without notice as well, mm. which they've all been, um, <laughs> touching on what we spoke about today, and the list is mine, a couple of takeaway books. What we spoke about today about, like, I really like the maximising our time. The Lincoln quote's fantastic. Yeah. Because there's 168 hours in the week, I think. Is that right? Correct. 168. I stuffed yep. that up a bit. Um, <laughs> but why, and this is the same, exactly the same as me. I just, why would I want to waste a minute of that? I, I don't want to be going and doing like a thousand squat jumps if, if why why am I doing this why am I doing this when I could social network stuff when I could be doing this give me a couple of the books on that or even in that realm of the last half an hour just oh. in terms of optimising optimising time <laughs> what, what I meant emotional yeah. mental health just changing things so we spoke about we spoke about uh, if someone's really miserable day to day um, how do we change he's read a lot of books <laughs> and like I said very diverse but even if it's a couple of quotes you can think of but yeah. he's um, the thing about what we speak about like every day in here is how to be better better versions of ourselves than yesterday so we are, we the conversations that come up in runners and Virtus uh, are exactly what would come up in in a normal hopefully like dining room setting over, over, over a beer or a meal so mm. we just want to really open the lines of conversation yeah and we are doing a, a big piece on mental health um um in the next month or two with our producer tommy senior and a few other gurus in melbourne here so someone like Lockie's a perfect lead into that because he's already got conversations starting as well is there anything what about the yeah. Verse blog <laughs> get around the Verse blog yeah. i'll uh, i'll reference a lot of books and and um and quotes and things in in the Virtus blog but i think it really it really you got to figure out what your what the what you feel as though your roadblock is. So, you know, is it that is it a work thing and you just don't have the culture that you want, or is it a personal um, personal blockage of you actually taking action and doing your thing? And um, and you're more than welcome to contact me and uh, and and send a topic my way, and I'll I'll probably have a couple of book suggestions for you. Um, a couple of authors that I'm kind of 
have been diving into pretty deeply lately. Um, Stephen Pressfield's one. He's written The War of Art, uh, The Warrior Ethos, uh, Do the Work. Uh, what's the other one? Turning Pro. Um, yeah, so there's four from one guy, but they're all short, sharp, easy to read books. Uh, he's actually written like six or seven uh, longer fiction books. But these books are just around, he uses the term resistance. It's the thing that, that stops us from achieving our goals and dreams and, and stops us from, from getting to that thing we want to get to. Um, there's some really simple, easy to, easy to consume books that will, like, I genuinely think will change the world if more people read them. Um, and probably my, my go-to book suggestion is uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. It's uh, If you're not a book guy, there's a 30-minute YouTube animated series that he's done on it, which is elite. But he's the most uh, successful uh, hedge fund investor in the world, like the biggest hedge fund, black, uh, I can't remember, Breakwater, Bridgewater, Bridgewater. Um, but he talks about the importance of having principles to live your life by. So it's basically a framework to, to continue to upskill and improve. And he talks about his work and he talks about his life principles. And, and these are simple, uh, easy to understand principles that just, yeah, just make you realize that if you live your life by a, a few rules and you continue to have principles that every time you over, every time you come to a problem you've been through before, you know how to deal with it. That's fantastic, mate. And I knew there'd be something like that. That's gold. And what we will pin to the show notes, Lockie's blogs and his website and all that. So you can obviously see all that stuff. And a lot of this stuff could be the underpinning of some of your yeah. blogs as well. So yeah, it's great to um, to have that to remember when you listen to that, to go on and read that. Yeah. But we'll just put, we'll put LockieWallace.com, put the Virtus on the show notes. Um, I'll, I'll send you a, I'll send a little document to our mentorship guys with just like a book list. Yep. Um, that, and we'll put that on yeah, there as we'll well. Fantastic, there. mate. Look, we will, you will be hearing from Locke again. Locke, you can see the diversity in the coach and that's what good coaches have. The, the, um, not many good coaches are, are, are boring. They've always got their own stories um, and the best coaches have got lots of good stories. So we'll definitely be getting Locke on in over the next quarter to just chew the fat about all things. I doubt very rarely will it be talking Bulgarian split squats and hip thrusts. We'll talk a little bit about that, but let's be I honest. I can chew your ear off on split squats for a while. Yeah, but I know you love your split squat. Oh, look, we could talk. But there's lots of, <laughs> lots of extremely boring YouTube clips you can watch on that, Correct. listeners. You, you'd much rather talk about life and how to make every day a bit better than the last. We love you, mate. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Listeners, let's give a roundabout, a massive... Round of applause, sorry, producer Tommy Senior for Lockie Wallace. There's your fake claps. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man.